he's doing something with his hands or something he's in his hands. Swimming. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Deputies making that heartbreaking discovery in a body of water behind her home. Got a kid that fell into a pond, like you him. I've lost my son five times. He has never, ever wandered. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Respect the Stim podcast. I'm your host, Captain Jerry Turning. Uh, in episode six, we talked a lot about an overview, an over 30,000-foot um, look at the sensory system and sensory processing challenges that may be at play and may be, uh, may be an issue for somebody on the autism spectrum. And today, I want to deal, I want to go a little deeper and, and more specific, and we want to talk about vision and our sense of vision and, and, and sensitivities in this area and how they can... Uh, can directly impact behavior and and directly uh, cause you problems as as a first responder trying to trying to gain cooperation and compliance from individuals on the spectrum. Just take a minute right now if if you're in your car or if you're on a walk or whatever. Just take a minute. I want you to uh, to look around. Look around you. If you're in your car, I want you to, to to just take a couple seconds and let your eyes float around the inside of your car and and think about what you see. Um, you see the the clock on your dashboard. If you're driving, you're seeing the tachometer go up and down. You're seeing your speedometer. Look at your windshield. You're seeing bug guts and splatters all over your windshield. If there, if it's raining and there's a mist, you're what you're seeing the the windshield wipers uh, uh, wipe across your windshield. Look around at traffic. The cars going by you, pedestrians, people walking by, birds flying, the wind in the trees, all these things, potholes in the road. Just take it all in for a minute. Now. 15 seconds ago, you were seeing all that stuff too. You were seeing everything. Your eyes weren't, weren't blind to it. You were seeing it, but you were applying this filter. You were in this place, and I, I kind of went into this in episode six. You were, you were in this area where your mind is applying context to where you are. It's constantly filtering out what's important to you in this moment and what is not, what's extraneous. And, it's, and the stuff that is not relevant to you, to whatever you're doing right now, your mind is just filtering out. It's not shutting off your vision. You're just not paying attention to it. Right up until I point all that out, and now your eyes are floating all around your car, and you're picking up all of these details, and they are entering your consciousness. But they weren't there 35 seconds ago, right? That is this amazing ability we have to, to apply filters to our world. Now, here's what I need you to understand. <clears throat> Individuals on the spectrum, they have a challenge doing that. They have a challenge applying those filters, okay? Individuals on the spectrum report to experts that they sit in a room uh, in, a, in a school setting and they will count the flickers of the fluorescent light bulbs. They know that that bulb flickers 35, sec 35 times every second and they count it. They know that they can, they see every time the, the second hand ticks on a clock. They are seeing that the dust particles float and filter through the, 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 the light source from the projector. They sit in a car and they were watching every bug splatter against the windshield and they have to pay attention to it and they can't focus. They can't move their focus from it. Their brain isn't paying as much attention to that stuff as it is to the most important tasks, which is watching traffic, looking for, for, for red lights and green lights and 
and other cars getting you know, swerving into your lane. All of that stuff is equal to their brains and they have a challenge filtering it out. Many of them, nothing is universal, but that is a challenge for them. Understanding that is key. Understanding that that, that bombardment they are under from sensory input and not having the ability to as, as efficiently filter out what is extraneous noise and what is not relevant to their world and what they have to focus on is, is, is key to understanding this. And, and we're just talking about one sense now. We're talking about vision. There are, there are four others that are main ones, and there's three more that we're going to talk about later that they don't even teach us in school. And all of these are at play. So these individuals, when they're just trying to function in society, they are, they are being bombarded by this sensory information, and it can, can become overwhelming. It can become distracting. It can appear to an outsider like us looking in that they are distracted, that they are not paying attention to us, that they are um, intoxicated on drugs being rude, being belligerent. And that is where the danger is. All right. So let's, let's, let's focus more finally on this. We'll, we'll talk about eye contact. They teach us in interrogation 101 that if you're interviewing somebody, if you're asking questions and you want to get to the truth, if they're not looking you in the eye and making direct eye contact with you, if, if their gaze goes is averted and they look down or down to the left or down up and to the right, all of these things, these tools they teach us to detect deceptive behavior if that person you're interviewing is on the spectrum, or you suspect they are, or they, they tell you they are, that rule does not apply. Eye contact is extremely challenging for somebody who's on the autism spectrum. It, they, they describe it to us like this, that we put out so much information from our face, the way we move our eyes, the way we express ourselves, the way our, our mouth moves, the, the movement of our eyebrows. There's so much information coming from our face when we have a conversation that it actually hurts. It causes discomfort. They have a hard time. It's just a bombardment of visual, sensory information, and it becomes overwhelming. So they know they have to pay attention to what we're saying. They, they know that what we're saying is important. They want to be respectful. They want to follow our, 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 um, follow our, our orders and, and our directions. So to process that, to more, to more easily focus on the words we're saying, they will apply a filter artificially. That filter is often looking away, closing their eyes, staring off into space, shutting down that sensory bombardment that we are putting out from our face. And if you think about it, we often see that as disrespectful or belligerent. And in reality, when somebody is on the spectrum does that, it's actually the opposite. It's actually a sign of respect that they are focusing and trying so hard to focus on what we're saying that they are willing to apply these filters and shut down the visual system uh, momentarily to, 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 to pay attention, to apply that, that artificial kind of filter. Um, it's 180 degrees out of phase of what they teach us in the academy, and that will get you hurt. Acting on those impulses that are 90% accurate, yes, that is a valid technique, looking for, for evasive behavior and eye contact and body language, but it's not absolute. And there are exceptions. And when you know, or you suspect that the individual you are interrogating, interviewing, speaking to is on the spectrum, you have to build that into the calculus and, and that will affect their behavior in a way that if you're not open to it, if you're not recognizing it, if you're not, not, not paying attention or seeking it out, 
uh, it'll lead you, lead you down the wrong path. It can get you hurt. All right. So these individuals, they often have uh, difficulty paying attention to the to the broad kind of field of vision. They are often more uh, more comfortable paying attention to tiny little details. My son will sit and look at the at the eyes of his favorite stuffed animals and just hold them real close to his face and look inside the look at the eyeballs of these of his stuffed animals because the the eyeballs give him that sense of sensory input that is very it, it feels good for him. Um, but he's not as as comfortable taking in a big broad field of 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 vision because it becomes overwhelming. So that's a challenge he has. Um, a lot of times these, these individuals have poor depth perception. Um, they have a hard time, uh, you know, judging, catching a ball or, or, or judging their, 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 their depth of where they are. Uh, a lot of times their vision will be distorted and, and it becomes challenging them for, the, for them to see. Uh, and if you understand what I'm saying here, a lot of times this is poor coordination. A lot of times this stuff, this, this sensory impact of, of this vision sensitivity is directly mimicking what they teach us to, to be a sign of intoxication or drug impairment, right? Uh, you know, reaching for the glove box and fumbling with your paperwork and, and, and not being able to, uh, to focus on details or having distorted vision or, or appearing, appearing clumsy or, or just off. And a lot of times that registers with us as a certain way. And we, we, as cops, we rely on these rules. Like, okay, if I see, if I see them, uh, you know, appearing to have blurred vision or not being able to focus on a detail, that's a, that's a tick in the box. That that's one, that's one check mark that they are, that they are intoxicated. And often it shouldn't be. Often it's not a check mark. So I, what I want to do when I when I speak about these things is I'm not telling you your training is wrong. I'm not telling you that all your tactics and everything that we are taught are, are wrong. It's they're valuable, and, and a lot of times, ninety percent of the time, they are accurate. All I'm doing is trying to all I'm trying to do is plant a seed in your head that sometimes these things are not absolute, and I want to give you insights and and just um, give you a set of clues to look for. Uh, that while you're doing your psychophysical tests, while you're doing your roadside sobriety tests and you're seeing these things add up, I want you to have this, your radar pinging for other things that I'm going to show you, some other clues that will add up in your brain and kind of more accurately give you an assessment of what you're looking at as opposed to just putting blinders on and checking off this box that you saw uh, signs of distorted vision or, or poor eye contact so they're lying to you and I want you to be careful and I just want to plant a seed that that will help you more accurately uh, process these interactions. See you next time. For more information on booking individual or agency autism response training, visit my website at www.bluebridgetraining.com.